I no longer call this a preacher's dilemma, mainly because I've realized that uh, almost every year on the fourth Sunday of Lent, or Advent, what season are we in? Fourth Sunday of Advent, we have the same gospel reading. And this reading is one that uh, we should ponder frequently because it is a profound mystery of the Annunciation of the Lord. It's a profound mystery of uh, how the Blessed Mother responds to this invitation of God. It's a profound mystery, but it's one that we can talk about later. Instead, I'd rather talk about the mystery of the Immaculate Conception. And I don't call it a mystery just because people tend not to understand it. Uh, I, I hate sharing, but I will. <laughs> uh, once heard a priest give a homily on the Immaculate Conception, he started the homily thus. Today, as we gather, we celebrate the conception of Jesus in the womb of his mother. And isn't it immaculate that he was born 17 days later? <laughs> to which I thunked my head and wished I weren't there. I was a catechist for some students who happened to be there, so the next week I came, came in loaded. That the conception that we celebrate is not Jesus' conception. We celebrate that at the Annunciation, March 25th. And we have that passage here. Maybe that's why there's confusion. But a priest should not be confused. Well, priests can be confused, but especially about the Immaculate Conception. A priest should not be confused. No Catholic should be confused. 17 days later? I'm sorry, that's, that's not Immaculate. That's miraculous. Or someone, someone else put it, well, it's either 17 days or you're in 17 days, in which case that's even more miraculous. That the Blessed Mother would be so patient. No, we celebrate the conception of Mary in the womb of her mother, Blessed Anne, St. Anne. That what we celebrate is immaculate, spotless, without spot or wrinkle. And we might consider, why would Mary be immaculate? Well, in order for Christ to have a most perfect mother, after all, if you could pick and design your own mother, thank God it doesn't go this way, but if you could, wouldn't you have made her absolutely perfect? Absolutely spotless? Well, the only person in all of all creation, and he's outside of creation, but uh, he took on flesh and so he enters creation, the only person that could do that is Jesus Christ himself. And he does. That in a singular act of grace, as the church tells us, he preserved the Blessed Mother from that first moment of her life. And yes, life being, begins at conception, despite what our politics tell us. What we celebrate is God's prevenient, we'll hear that word in a little bit, his pre prevenient grace. That he knew, and this is why we have this passage, that the Blessed Mother was going to say yes. He knew that as the angel, he sent the angel Gabriel to the Blessed Mother and laid out his plan before the Blessed Mother, not in full, of course, but just the parts that she needed to know, that you will conceive and bear a child, that this would be done by the power of the Holy Spirit, that she would name him Jesus. As he laid out that plan before her, he God the Father knew that she was going to be able to say yes. Had she said no, she wouldn't have been immaculately conceived. 
And we'd be doing a theological uh, questioning or exercise of some kind. But he knew she was going to say yes. And because he, she was going to be able to say yes, Christ was going to become incarnate. Because he became incarnate, and it's fitting that we celebrate the Immaculate Conception then in the Advent season, because this is when we celebrate his being born and being revealed to us, God made flesh. He took on flesh starting with his conception on, at the Annunciation. But because he became incarnate, Christ was going to die to give his life for us, to give his life a sacrifice, to wash away our sins, and to put death itself to death. And because God knew that, he applied to the Blessed Mother every grace from the crucifixion, from the first moment of her conception. God alone can do that, by the way, because he's outside of time. God knew she was going to say yes, and so the result of her yes, she shared in from the first moment of her conception. If we think about that too much, we realize that's why the church calls it a mystery. We can't understand it. We can't begin to understand it. It is pure grace, pure love. And we even have that hinted at. Some people, uh, non-Catholics, say, well, you Catholics, you celebrate this feast. It's not in the scriptures. But it's hinted at. Yes, we don't hear it explicitly. The angel coming to her said, Hail, full of grace. Most of us, when we're greeting others, we, we, uh, we usually use their name, maybe a nickname. Sometimes a nickname is a quality, except if you're in, uh, I've been in some parishes where everyone had a nickname, and I'm still trying to figure out why somebody would be called Pickles. He didn't like Pickles at all or anything. But this is not a nickname. This is not a name. This is a quality. And more than that, it's a quality that describes something that no one else in all of history up to that point, or in reality, should be ever after, has been given. In these really two little words, we have something profound. Hail, the one on whom all of God's grace and mercy have been poured out. Hail, the one who has God's very presence in her. Hail, the one whom is loved profoundly by God. It's not that the rest of us are not graced. It's not that the rest of us aren't loved. But the Blessed Mother was profoundly loved because she was immaculate, because she had been preserved from original sin from that first moment. See, what we celebrate today is the undoing, or the beginning of the undoing of what we hear happening in the Garden of Eden. I'll say that for more of that for the first Sunday of Lent, as we hear that almost every year too, Adam and Eve. But remember how the serpent tempted Eve and told her, God lied to you. God doesn't want you to be like him. So therefore, he put that rule on you. Don't eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And then Adam, I'll say it like adult, just simply ate the fruit without even asking. And both entered into sin. And from that moment, 
pass on that brokenness, pass on original sin to everyone, all of their progeny, all of their children. We're born into original sin, a separation from God. And by by ourselves, left in that state, we die in original sin, separated from God. But because of God's mercy, because of God's love, he wanted us, he desired us. And so from that first moment of creation, as we hear in our second reading, he knew, he predestined those who were going to be able to say yes to God. He predestined them and gave them his grace, grace that we needed and we received in a very different way, but grace all the same. Why do I say that? Some people who are opposed to this, our celebration of this feast, our celebration of this mystery, say that, well, if Mary didn't have original sin, if she never committed any, any sin, then she didn't need a savior. Well, that's not what we're saying. But there's two ways in which one is saved. If there's a mud pit and somebody falls in it, you can be saved by being pulled out of that mud and being cleaned off. But isn't it a more magnificent and glorious way of being saved if somebody would stop you from falling in the mud in the first place? That's what the Blessed Mother enjoyed. The only one in all of history from the first moment of her conception, saved, yes, saved. There's that old song that many of us know, and I, I do have to admit, I, I like the, uh, the artist, I like the music, I don't like the lyrics, but Mary, did you know? And every once in a while, I get into this theological battle of uh, one of the lyrics is, did, did you know that this child you're holding will soon be saving you? He had already saved her because he stands out, stood outside of time until he entered time. Did Mary know she was graced? Yes. Where? Hail, full of grace. She knew. She knew. And yet, she emptied herself already giving a witness and a hint to the emptying that Christ himself was going to do. She said yes to the mysterious. Yes, behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Knowing that God had prepared this all and so much in advance, knowing that she herself was prepared to become the mother of God.